Hello, welcome to the Elm Park Rules podcast. I've been joined today by Matt and Jamie to discuss a new series that we are going through currently, uh, the What If series. Matt, how are you doing? Really well, thank you. Pretty good. Perfect. Jamie, having a good weekend? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, you're right, mate. Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. So the What If series, this is the second one in, in, the, uh, in this mini-series that we're doing. And we are proposing alternate alternate realities for Reading FC. In our first episode, we went through two managers, Alan Pardew and Steve Coppel, and how Reading would have fared if they had both stayed longer than their tenure. Uh, today's episode, we're going to go through big Wembley moments with Matt and Jamie, with both of them taking us through a big moment that we have had in the recent history of Reading. Um, and how it might have panned out differently in their eyes. So, uh, Jamie, take it away. Yeah, great. Thanks very much. So, yeah, uh, today I've um, taken us back to the playoff final against Swansea in 2011, which obviously uh, still leaves a sour taste for uh, for, for every Reading fan. Um, obviously, the, the interesting thing about this scenario is, much like in 2001, when we were um, beaten by Walsall, we then followed up the next season with winning promotion. So in a kind of twisted way, I'm kind of glad that things didn't pan out this way because we got to have the amazing 2011-2012 season where we won the championship. Um, but let's just pretend that um, we're at Wembley. We're, we still go um, down um, in the first half. And um, come the second half, uh, I'm going to take us back to that moment where uh, Jem Karakan's shot hit the, hits the post. Now, either his shot goes in or Noel Hunt's follow-up goes in. Either way, we've got it back to 3-3 free free within 15 minutes of the second half. We have all the momentum, Swansea buckle, and for my alternative reality, um, Gary Monk um, brings down Shane Long for a late penalty. Shane Long dusts himself down, comes back up, scores the penalty and that's it we've done it one of the great all-time playoff final games we've come back from 3-0 down to win 4-3 and we're on the way to the Premier League now obviously what happens next of course is um, Medeski realising that um, the squad needs significant investment he um, takes this opportunity to exit the club and, and to sell up rather than sell up in January 2012 like he eventually did and with our um, newly found Premier League status and, and um, everything that comes with that, he's actually able to go to market, sell us for a higher price to a wealthier chairman. And that means that we don't go through the rigmarole of getting embroiled with Anton Zingarevich. And um, our owner actually ends up being Richard Branson, who um, for a number of years was linked to um, a, a potential takeover. The one thing that allegedly always kind of held that deal up was the rumour of, and this could just be urban myth, but talk of um, Branson wanting to rebrand the stadium to become the Virgin Stadium. Um, so I'm actually just going to say in this deal that Medeski had the last laugh and got a 10-year protection in place to keep the Medeski Stadium called the Medeski Stadium. So with Sir Richard Branson at the helm and um, armed to the teeth with Virgin's money, we're going to the transfer market. And um, we actually take Scott Sinclair and Joe Allen off of um, hands um, in a, a you know, real poke in the eyes to Brendan Rodgers. 
Um, and with that extra money at the club, if you remember in that summer, we we sold Matt Mills, you know, one of the best deals Nicky Hammond ever did, getting five and a half million quid for him. Mm. So rather than to Leicester, we actually keep Matt Mills. And also um, Shane Long, unfortunately, we had to sell um, that summer to West Brom. That doesn't that didn't actually end up happening because we're in the Premier League. We've got the dough. So, um, so, so we kept hold of it. We've also then gone into the transfer market. Um, Matt Upton, unfortunately, was released by West Ham after their relegation to the Championship, and and we um, brought him back after his amazing loan spell with us in 2002. So that was a real glory moment for the fans. Inevitably, though, however, even in an alternative reality, like him or loathe him, Chris Gunter still just feels like such a Brian McDermott signing. And after Forrest's um, disappointment in the playoffs, we still inevitably, of course, sign Chris Gunter. He was always going to sign for us in whatever reality. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I couldn't have even uh, imagined anything else happening. So, so we start that season with a, uh, a win over Steve Bruce's Sunderland. Scott Sinclair bags a brace on debut in a sun-soaked Medeski Stadium. Remember what that looks and feels like. Um, but then afterwards, we face Chelsea, Newcastle and Arsenal. Um, and we lose all three games in typical Reading fashion. And in one of them, of course, I know he's been on the podcast and he's a great lad. but And it's a bit of a typecast. But Jem Karakan still, of course, picks up an inevitable season-ending <laughs> season knee injury. Hope you're not listening to this, Jen, because uh, you'd be hating that. So um, we actually go rushing into the um, end of the transfer window. Um, cast your mind back, we, we we panic by Scott Parker. You can tell I might have been writing this last night while Scott Parker was on the screen doing the pre-match Fulham-Chelsea uh, coverage. Um, we signed David Bentley because I kind of feel like he was the sort of player that when we had our spells in the Premier League in the past, um, you know, he always did pretty well. Um, but we also signed Yakubu. So rather than get the 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 kind of the um overweight, um, unmotivated version that we ended up with in twenty fifteen, um, you know, legendary goal away at Derby aside, he was pretty pony for us. But we actually get the good Yakubu because we get him a couple of years earlier. Um Was he so, still at Middlesbrough at this point? Yeah, we picked him up from, from Everton instead of him going to Blackburn. Mm. Um, now, the rest of the season sees us blend into mid-table obscurity. We, of course, do the usual um, and um, manage to lose unspectacularly to Bolton and Fulham, perennial teams on our side in, in our um, you know, time in the last 25 years or so. However, we also pick up scouts against Everton. Um, Martin O'Neill's Aston Villa, you know, they've got to remember this was a decent Villa side back then. And Liverpool. Um, during the season, um, of course, even in this twisted alternative reality, um, we lose um, in both the League Cup and the FA Cup to Rotherham with Adam LaFondra starring for Rotherham in both games. And um, even in my wildest dreams, I can't imagine anything but Brian McDermott signing a player off the back of impressive cup performances against us, much like he did with Nick Blackman and Hope Akpan. So we've done that with LaFondra. He's joined us, but we're a Premier League side um, rather than joining us in the Championship. The uh, rest of the season passes by. We end the season in a comfortable 12th place. However, um, Brian McDermott fully settles his status as Reading's greatest ever manager, 
there's no more debate whether it's McDermott or Koppel because less than 12 months after winning at Wembley in the playoffs, we then go and lift the FA Cup for the first time in our history, <laughs> finally beating Arsenal in the final. And it's at this moment, covered in glory, Brian McDermott decides that life can get no better and he steps down as Reading manager. His legend status intact. And after again coming up just short for Swansea in the playoffs, once again that following season, and with Nigel Howe and Sir John Medeski no longer on the scene, we again go back in for Brendan Rodgers. We raid Swansea again. And Brendan Rodgers is appointed for us to be our manager for the upcoming 2012-2013 season. And it's at that moment when I typed out those words, I thought, this is getting too weird now and I'm going to have to end it there. Yeah, Brendan Rodgers coming back to Reading again. Uh, Swansea would have been sick of the sight of us after that, I think. You know, playoff, playoff loss and then signing Scott Sinclair and then losing Brendan Rodgers to us. Um, I think I love this what if just because of the Scott Sinclair. Um I loved to hate him that season. You knew he was dangerous. You Every time we played him, he ripped us to shreds. So if we were able to sign him, that would have been like peak. Uh, it, just, it would have been awesome. It, he would have been our, our early days Jimmy Kebe. Oh, yeah, for sure. Did we have Kebe at this point? Did, did we have Kebe? Think Kebe signed, signed just after that. So, yeah, yeah. Kebe signed in 2008, January 2008. So, oh, no. yeah, well, Kebe's still around. Yeah. Okay. But, well, I mean, yeah. can you imagine Kebe on one wing, Sinclair on the other? Oh, oh well, McEnough, Sinclair up top with Shane Long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got, got a it's a fast. Board. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and with Yakubu in the background and Lafondra. Lafondra, Shane Long still there. Now. Like you've got, yeah. got a, lot of, a lot of firepower there up front. The, yeah. the, the, the couple of things that I, I wrote this last night and then I was thinking this morning, well, what if? And I was thinking, well, could we have gone back in for Gilfie? Um, but I kind of don't want to jinx that because I still like to think... Um, I think his stock was too high reality, by this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think in reality, we could still see him come back a la Cahill going back to Millwall. So I didn't want to jinx it. And um, the other what if, of, of course, is... If this had happened and Brendan Rodgers didn't take Swansea up in that playoff final, does he then go on and become Liverpool manager? Do we then have the Gerrard slip against Chelsea? Do we then have the Suarez and Sturridge combination? And this is the this is the beauty of the the What If podcast is the butterfly effects. Everything yeah. changes. The one the one thing I, I do think would have happened if we'd sold to uh, to Richard Branson, I think we would have had a thirty thousand seater stadium by now. Probably with red seats. Well, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> red, red, red and white hoops. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I would have Promotion and investment. I think he also then would have gone. Do you know what? I'm going to go uh, big on the uh, big on the stadium. Yeah, go big. and go probably big the hotel. He'll take. He'll overtake the hotel straight away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So obviously, if we if we did end up having won the FA Cup, as uh, as you as you say, Jamie, um, Matt's alternate reality might not be quite as uh, quite as exciting uh with matt taking us through our i think this was our next effort our next trip to wembley wasn't it mm, the semi final against arsenal in 2015, 2015. was it was glad, 20 glad something of april 2015 so yeah so cast your, cast your minds back um this was a game where it was Reading versus Arsenal, FA Cup semis. Um, we, Steve Clark in charge, um, and we had, you know, Fed. 
Ferrici in goal, uh, Abita left back um, in the middle, Karakan, we had McCleary playing, Williams was around, uh, and up front we have uh, the big Russian, Bobregniak. So it's one all, 90 minutes, we've gone into extra time, and the moment I want to change in history is Federici letting the ball slip through his legs uh, by that shot by Sanchez. And I mean, sitting behind the goal, it was an awful moment. So I want to wipe it straight away from my memory and go, he makes the save, pushes it out for a corner. Arsenal rubbish at set pieces. We clear it easily and we finish the game 1-0. So we go to penalties and historically Federici wasn't actually that bad at penalties. He He's, he's no saviour and you know penalty shot stopper, but he's not bad, beating the average of goalkeepers very slightly. Um, so Pog had already been taken off by this point, and he's awful at penalties, scoring one out of... Uh, I can't even remember what it was, but he was dreadful at penalties. Um, and we had a Yukubu on the pitch instead. So how I've got our penalty takers lining up was Karakan, uh, who'd been freshly subbed on, uh, Simon Cox... McCleary, Williams, and Yakubu. Obviously, I mean, you can't have Yakubu on the pitch if you don't let him take penalties. Uh, and they'd be going up against Arsenal likelihood, Giroud, Sanchez, Ozil, Kazola, and Ramsey. That's pretty strong. Um, they beat Wigan the previous year on penalties um, in, in the semi-final. So I'm just going to claim that actually you don't you don't get lucky twice. Reading win on penalties. Um, Bederucci makes the save again. He was... Our player of the season already that year it was announced about a week later um so he goes forward does it again becomes you know even better than hardman by uh by taking us through to that fa cup final and which which so, arsenal player misses matt out of that list which arsenal players are out of that list Poor. i want to say sanchez i want to say sanchez i actually think it would be ramsey but i want to say sanchez <laughs> um i don't know why i just don't like the guy um but that's that doesn't matter um so yeah pressure too much for arsenal Karakan gets the wembley revenge and scores the winning goal to take us through to the final and that's the winning revenge of hitting the post uh all those years before against swansea nice link nice link I know, nice link nice link Purple turtle, obviously, that night, incredible. Um, it's wild, uh, but all eyes are on to the next game of Liverpool versus Aston Villa, which is the other semi-final. So Aston Villa beat Liverpool, um, and they, this did happen. Aston Villa beat Liverpool, denying Gerrard a FA Cup final for his final game. And this was a Villa side who was struggling uh, in the league, uh, and they had Tim Sherwood uh, at, at the helm. Reading were also plummeting to relegation in the championship um, and losing five in a row before saving ourselves on the final game of the season. So coming into this FA Cup final, we would not have been on form. Um, Aston Villa were exactly the same. They were equally plummeting towards uh, relegation in the uh, in the premiership. And I can just see Tim Sherwood now making headlines for, for suggesting that Aston Villa shouldn't be allowed to be relegated if they go go ahead and, and win the uh and win the cup such and you know every, it's such a Sherwood comment and you know he'd be sitting there with every Aston Villa fan knowing they're going to win the FA Cup it's just what they'd be there for it's tiny little Reading big club Aston Villa we're gonna win so Reading are given the Green Man pub before the game the better of the two pubs I would say uh at Wembley for sure, the best Stats the is for sure. Uh, it's nice and sunny. It's May. 
packed Wembley. Uh, everyone's gone back again. Uh, obviously, it's the same tickets. We, there was a whole ticket debacle, as you can imagine, of uh, who gets tickets because they got semi-final tickets and you weren't able to get them or not. Um, GWR, don't expect many people on the train, so all the trains are packed as standard from Reading. And we get to the final. So it's a cagey affair. Aston Villa, leaky at the back that season, conceding 57 in the league, uh, comparing with Reading, who actually only conceded 48 but only scoring about the same. So not exciting either end for Reading. Um, and I've got this down as a historic Reading 1-0 win due to a Pobregniak fifth-minute header at the near post. Um, squeaks a header in uh, past the Villa keeper and we spend the next 85 minutes with our backs against the wall. Pretty much 10 men uh, all behind the ball and just leaving Pobregniak up front to just try and head a ball and we did this for years where we just lump it up to Bregniak. he wouldn't do anything with it um, and we'd hope for the best so we spend the next 85 minutes behind the ball um but all tim sherwood's tactic is is lump it up to benteke um which alex pierce can deal with all day every day um so scenes in the reading end of course uh we've somehow won at wembley twice uh, my bank account is now ruined uh, having gone to wembley twice um and reading are now fa cup winners and in europe so steve clark now immortalized in reading fc history um being the only person to ever win the manager to win the fa cup of course um along with a couple of key players gunter mccleary and pog you know he's going to be immortalized given that uh he scored the winning goal he's got to be europe beckons so in typical reading fc fashion we get a bit of a boring draw uh, I, I've given us so uh, I've gone back and had a look at 2015-16 who could we have got and we got Celtic, Bordeaux and Dynamo Minsk which I'm not gonna lie it's not the most it's not yeah, it's, it's not the most exciting of, uh, of of draws but unluckily for Reading our first draw is actually at Celtic everyone was hoping to get abroad go somewhere but we go to Scotland instead um miserably we, we probably go and lose at Celtic. They're, they're not a bad team. Um, and I think Brendan Rodgers, was was he there by that point? Or not quite? Uh, I think he might have. He might, he might just have got there. Yeah, he might have joined that season. Um, but let's have a look at the squad. So Reading are able to keep most of the squad together with talks of Europe and pushing for the title for the following season. Uh, if you cast your mind back, this was when Steve Clark decided we were going to become the feeder club for Chelsea uh, and you know what he continues to do that I feel like he would uh, he'd go make uh, a couple of big contract signings and we wouldn't go out and spend money on people um, but he would go and get the likes of Mason Mount uh, from from Chelsea uh, thinking wonder kid in, in the centre he would have been 18 at this point so I actually don't have as don't have him down is doing that well for us uh but i also have as as taking hector again from from chelsea on loan as we sold him there um and i also have reading uh giving big contracts out to gunter mccleary and probagniak so as we can all imagine that would have been four or five year contracts i and ridiculous wages because we're obviously going to get promoted big um Big, big rewards uh, for, for the big free players who who, who wanted to see FA Cup. Abita gets rumoured multiple times to go to a bigger club, but nothing ever comes of it. 
And Kanu doesn't commit to a longer contract, uh, but keeps on the fans guessing by saying, don't worry, we're I'm going to be playing in the Premier League next season. Is that with Reading? Probably, is it not with Reading? You probably want to pay in blockchain or some sort of cryptocurrency yeah. that you have to be an expert in. <laughs> exactly. So he keeps us all guessing in his, his final season um, and nothing ever comes of it. He, he'll leave at the end of the season, as we all know. The one good signing I do have is uh, getting, though, is Matty Taylor uh, in, in League Two, the League Two top goal scorer. So we don't go out and sign anyone special. We decide to go down to the lower leagues, which is an, an unusual signing for Steve Clark. Um, and we're all like, do you know what? This is the Reading type of signing that we need. Unfortunately, however, he never plays for Reading and he breaks his leg uh, in, in a pre-season friendly. Um, so we're left with Probregnac up front for another season. Um, so mid-table mediocrity for the, for the rest of the season. Um, and Steve Steve Clark goes off the rails a bit and decides, actually, come October, he's going to leave. He's, he's never going to get any better than winning the FA Cup with a second-tier team. So he leaves and goes actually to Aston Villa, as Tim Sherwood has lost yet another 10 games in a row and leaves. <laughs> so we're stuck with a load of lone players um, and needing a manager to bring them all back together. So as we all know, step up McDermott, but this time he brings in Reading FC legends, Murty, uh, as a defensive coach. So Reading make a late push for playoffs that season by shoring up the back. Um, but the lack of goals with just Pabregniak is our downfall. So end result, we all have the fond memories of winning the FA Cup, but not a lot changed. If we don't get the strike force, we nothing's going to happen. Um, Reading still failed to invest properly in a striker and a manager left when it was convenient for him to do so. So bittersweet. <laughs> bittersweet but the fa cup memories would have been would have been fantastic and the the one thing that i can really buy into with this outside of reading winning the fa cup um is you can guarantee that reading would have had a draw against either a welsh northern irish or a scottish team first um yeah. if we if we'd managed to get into the you yeah. uh, would have been the we're US all there league. hoping for yeah. germany away going to italy or get you know get get a bit of a summer holiday on and no, we're on our way to Scotland. Or oh, you can guarantee what would have happened is um, we'd have had an amazing draw, like you say, and then rather than COVID nineteen, it would have been Ebola that would have would come have along, reared its head, and it would and we'd, we'd be behind closed doors and we'd miss I, it all I anyway. Said volcano, yep. I <laughs> yeah, volcano at that point, yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah the, I mean, one of the other bits of it, which I can so it's so reading that if we won the FA Cup, you can just see how Robson Carnu sitting there saying, "Well, I'm not going to sign a contract just yet. I'm uh, I, I just yeah. want to hold off. I, I'm going to make sure I'm playing in the Premier League." I could, and, and, and he would have sold it. He would have sold it. And Federici would have done exactly the same, which is, don't worry, I'm going to be playing in the Premier League next season. Yeah, I'm here to get Reading into the Premier League. And we're all there going, oh, it's because he wants to stay at Reading. No, he just wants to play in the Premier League. Yeah. yeah. Even in that twisted reality, um, still things, a leopard and spots. Never <laughs> far apart. And I mean, the uh, the Tim Tim Sherwood comments, which you were making around him, him, him going on to lose 10 games in a row in the Premier League season. Um, yeah, I, can I think that actually happened. He went winless for 10 games and he yeah. was uh, Aston Villa manager for, I think it was nine months or something. It was, it and he never long. got another management job again, did he, after that? 
Didn't he? He ended up at Swindon, I think. He did like director some weird, of football. Yeah, director, but I think he was yeah. in the dugout though. As a, oh. I'm sure there's Technical he had like his gilets swanning around. Yeah, you know, a bit sort of Mark Bowen esque sort of vibes. Um, actually, um, I can I can't I can't imagine he would have been too happy losing his job to um to Steve Clark as well. And it, Steve Clark definitely still would have jumped ship at the first chance he got. Hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And Aston Villa, I wouldn't be surprised, would have come in for him. Uh, you know, mid-level Premier League team. Well, he would have. Yeah, he, exactly. He did end up. He did end up there in the end after all. After Reading, didn't he? His assistant to Dimitrio. Yeah, um, yeah. It was pretty Dimiteo. disastrous. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That wasn't yeah, very didn't long. Last long. <laughs> no. No. Um, so yeah, thank you, Matt and uh, Jamie, for taking us through your alternate realities today for uh, for Reading Football Club. And if you out there have an alternate reality which you want to take us through, get in contact with us. Um, we'd love to hear it and share it with the world. So, uh, cheers, Matt. Cheers. Cheers, Jamie. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, gents. See you nice soon. One. And we will be back very soon with another What If podcast. Cheers. Bye. Cheers.